But yeah, so today, guys, we're continuing our series into the book of Ephesians, right? We decided it'd be a lot better if we kind of started going through the Bible and just teaching it for what it said, right? You, you, you can only do so much topically, right? It's important just to teach the word in context. You gain so much more than just a simple topical sermon on, you know, how God wants you to be happy today. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, what does that mean, right? So we're continuing on into Ephesians chapter 2. Um, Pastor Wes, I just really want to say thank you. Uh, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, I love preaching. I love bringing the word on Sunday. It's one of my favorite things. And of course, to the uh, pastoral team and all the leaders, thank you guys for your support, believing in us. Uh, one thing I just want to say before we really jump in is uh, today seems a lot different than it did last week, in my opinion. I, I think there's a bit of us coming in with expectation and also a bit of us putting feet to faith, right? And not allowing the nonsense going on in our life or in our world to affect our worship of God. And something I say all the time that is not necessarily popular. God has seen everything that is coming, everything that has passed, every single thing that has happened in our life. And the Bible says that God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. For some reason, the things that happen fulfill his will and his plan. And when they come to pass, it is good. So in the midst of trial, in the midst of loss, in the midst of death, it is good. God is good. And it is important for us to thank God for those seasons. Amen. To abound in much and to abound in little, as Paul said. But that, that's a different prison epistle, right? This is another prison epistle. Have you ever had to write an epistle from prison? Your life is going great if you haven't. Praise God. See, God, look, it's always something to be grateful for, right? Man, I'm already encouraged. I haven't even read it. <laughs> uh, I just want to give a quick recap of Ephesians chapter 1. I really just want to read the entire chapter, but I've been told not to do stuff like that because it bores people. But... Um, Ephesians 1.3, I didn't give them this back there. I just, I really want to say this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, through the purpose of his will. It just goes on and on to the praise of the glorious grace and, and all that, but um. Pastor West taught last week on uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through um, 23, and I, I want to highlight those really quick. Um, Paul, continuing on from the point I just made, right? For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious grace? Inherit, sorry, what are the riches? Oh, sorry, I lost my place. I looked up because my, 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 my iPad decided to go blank, and I was going to be smooth and open it up at the same time as I'm talking. And I, 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 guys, I'm just not good at that, okay? I, I, I was never in sports. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. I was super broke growing up. You know, just please just, you know, pray for my mom, please. She, just, she had four children, single mother. It was awful. Okay, now you guys feel bad for me. Thank you. Uh, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? His glorious inheritance. Pastor West really hit that up. God's inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet, gave him his head over all things to the church, 
which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And that was a fire sermon last week. And let me tell you something. Nobody got excited during it. But it was amazing if we had opened up our ears and listened to it, to what was really being said. Because guess what? Guess what the next verse is in 2.1? How awesome you are. How great you are. How great God is. All the blessings on your life. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. And immediately it pulls the rug out from underneath your feet. And Paul's like, in spite of all that, you guys were absolute garbage. Church of Ephesus, you're like, hold on a second, Paul. What the heck is this all about? And we're going to get into that. But it's important that we understand that God has dealt out the greatest and most potent of all blessings. His immeasurable riches have been lavished upon us. And he has bought us as his inheritance. We are his reward. You know that song? He is our portion. We are his prize, drawn to redemption and the grace of his eyes. You know, all that fun stuff, right? He has lavished upon us his grace and his mercy, and he has bought us as his inheritance. Christ is everything. In fact, the Bible says there was nothing made that was made without him. That sounds complicated. What does that mean? Nothing exists unless he made it. If it exists without him, it doesn't exist. It's impossible. That's what John is saying in John chapter 1. He is perfect and has blessed us with every spiritual blessing possible. But, and this is what Paul is pointing out in that first verse, and we're, we're going to get more into that. We must not forget where we came from. We cannot forget what God has brought us out of. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the great riches and the mercy that you have bestowed upon us. But God, help us understand this humbly. Not thinking that we are better than anybody else, God. Pray, God, that we would receive whatever it is you have to say, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, so the heart of the matter is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, right? And I know it's like, wow, this really sounded like it was going to be super encouraging today. Today's been such an encouraging day. It's been so great. It, it, please, just let me get through the first three verses of chapter 2. It's going to be awesome after that. It's the best thing in the world. But these three verses are a little fire and brimstone, but it's necessary. See, what's, what's really cool is understanding God's grace in spite of our nature and where we were. And that's the beauty of it, that we had nothing to give God, and yet he gave everything to us, right? He exchanges beauty for ashes. Guess, guess what that means? All we had before Christ was ashes. Not, oh, but I was a good person. I did good things, and I'm nice, and I'm charitable. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As Paul says, it is nothing before God. In fact, he even said, everything that I have done is rubbish, I can get more colorful with the language and what all those things mean. I just don't feel like doing that right now, all right? It's Sunday, okay? It's a good day. It's really humid outside, and for someone who works outside, that is not fun when it is both hot and humid. I miss the drive. Listen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Someone gets saved right now. Lay hands on Elias right now, Dante. You get him. All right, sorry. Sorry, guys. I'm just, I'm just losing myself right now. But the heart of the matter is Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. And uh, this first little section I like to call, because you know me, I, I like my three points. I, 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 I found the 10 verses, and I structured them out in a three-point format. It's, guys, it, God is good, right? The anointing, come on now. It breaks the boke, the boke. It breaks the yoke of, it breaks the boke too. It breaks the yoke of bondage, come on. It breaks the boke of yondage, all right? But uh, it is our sorry state. How God found us. We like to say he's our rescuer. He's our savior. 
but we don't like to acknowledge the fact that truly without him, we were nothing. And without him, we will always be nothing. Let's read that. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you, in which, guys, what is going on today? There's an attack of the enemy against it. I come against it. I'm just joking. In which you once, remember when we used to do stuff like that? In which you once walked following the course of this world. I have so many people, right? I'm a leader no matter where I'm at. No, you're a follower. You just don't realize you're literally following the devil and his course and his plans for your life, right? Which means here in this church, I'm trying to sit around thinking like I'm the master of my own destiny. No, 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 no. You're not the master of your own destiny. You submit yourself to God or you don't. It's his way or the highway. It's his way or the Yahweh. I'm all right. Yeah, that's right. Come on now. I had too many people. What the heck? Get this coffee away from me. I'm still drinking it. That's really good. Oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sun's of disobedience. Watch this next part. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's not popular, but it should be. We were no different, and we certainly were not special. There was nothing great and amazing about us. For some reason, God chose us. And that should humble us. Undeserving, and yet now because of the blood of Christ, fully deserving. A complete and total paradigm shift. It's like taking the poorest street urchin and making them the, uh, <laughs> the, the sole inheritor of like Jeff Bezos, right? Imagine that. Well, that sounds ridiculous. Well, it, I mean, that's exactly what happened, right? But, like, it, it, that is it. There's nothing special about this child. Nobody knows them. Parents aren't even involved in their life. But for some reason, they now have the full inheritance of ultimate whatever, just funds that just never cease, right? And, and, and that's where we are. But understand, nothing special about us. Yet God chose us. We have committed sin, and we're guilty of sin. The blame does not lie on our friends or our family. It doesn't lie on God. I've had so many people try to say, well, why did God let me do that? You chose to do that. Stop blaming it on God. Take responsibility for your own life. It doesn't even fall on Adam and Eve, right? You sit there in the classroom, and people are like, oh, I hate Adam and Eve. I'm gonna walk up and talk to them. It's like, please, if you were in the garden, you would have done even worse. You would have eaten like 15 of them. You would be like, man, these taste good. Just taking it down. So don't even sit here trying to tell me that, okay? I see you, okay? I see you all right now. I see you in the back, Michaela. I see, oh, I'm just joking. Well, she was looking down. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. You were taking notes. I know. I'm just messing. <laughs> it is fully upon us. The blame, the payment, the answering to God, it's on us. As slaves to sin and children of wrath, children of the devil, let's just put it where it's at, right? Following the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil. That's the Satan dude, okay? We had no future but despair. That's it. That was our inheritance. The Bible says hell has been reserved for the devil and his angels, and that's right where we were going to go because we chose the path to follow them. We were slaves to our basest desire and did not have purpose. 
We were lost. There was no good thing about us. At the end of chapter 1, Paul really emphasizes the supremacy, sorry, the supremacy. My notes even have a C, and I said a D. The supremacy of Christ and just how perfect he is. And notice the sharp contrast. Immediately one verse later, he's like, but y'all were dead in trespasses. You guys lied to God. You lied to each other, and you lied to yourselves. And you're like, Paul, what the heck's going on here? There is a dichotomy, which means the difference between two different things, being drawn here between Christ and Christ being everything and us being essentially nothing. And he's drawing this. He pulls us in and says, God has blessed you and he's loved you. And you have every spiritual blessing possible and everything. Look at his love that he's lavished upon you. And you are his inheritance. Look how great and amazing God is. And he is the head over all things and he has all dominion. Yet you were dead in trespasses and you could not save yourself. And then we get to verse 4 and it's amazing. The beginning of verse 4. But God. Amen. Ephesians 2, 4. But God. But God being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Have you ever gone to a cemetery? Those people in the ground, they're not doing anything for you. You can play back your memories. They can't get up and make your life any better, right? That's what we were. We can't do a thing for God. It was God in his great mercy gave us his grace. And he restored us. He resurrected us. He brought us from death to life, and has made us new by his grace alone. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable, don't let that word just skate on by you, Words have lost all meaning to us. Immeasurable means you cannot measure it. We can measure the distance from the earth to the sun. The distance from our galaxy to the Andromeda galaxy. What's all that? Stop, stop being a nerd. Stop, back off, okay? When you guys get the mic, you can talk however you want, okay? Listen, that's a really long time. That's a really long distance. We can measure it. And for some reason... We can't even measure the riches and the grace and the mercy that God has bestowed upon us. It is so out there. It is insane how much God has truly given us. Amen? It's immeasurable, the riches of his grace, in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. God is kind toward us. God is kind toward us. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. God in his goodness sent his son to die for our sins, that we may be alive in him. This is according to his great love with which he loves us, not because of anything else. The grace of God and grace alone has brought salvation near to us. We were dead, no life no ability to redeem ourselves, and God still made a way. Amen. Won't he do it, right? Won't he do it? <laughs> it is only by God that we may be saved. And I'm going to hit that point home so hard because people are like, man, I get it, I get it. But how many conversations have I had? I just don't think I'm saved. No, you know what? I just, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think God's proud of me. You know, I, I, think, I think God's mad at me. And it just blows my mind. Something that Pastor West says all the time is, how come if you couldn't save yourself 
why do you think that you can then unsave yourself? If it was never by your power, why is it all of a sudden now by your power? God helps those who help themselves is unbiblical and it is ungodly. I agree God wants us to do things, right? I think that there's aspects of it that do work, but not fully. If God has told you to do something and you're just sitting around and not doing anything, yeah, God's not going to bless that, sure, because he's discipling you. But the fact that he makes it increase, it's not because of you. It couldn't increase without him. God helps those he wants to help. That's us, guys. And he certainly helped us when we couldn't help ourselves. Isn't that right? When we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. We can't make ourselves alive again. Jesus even said, by worrying, right, can you add one cubit, right, like, like, like a unit of measurement to your stature? Can you make any of the gray hairs on your head not gray anymore? No, you can't. You, you can't. You can color dye, you know, but that's, what, you know, that's different. It's not by worrying. You know, not sitting here like worrying, you know, mind power. You're going to make it happen. So you know, understand what Jesus is saying, okay? This is before Walmart, and you go through the, you know, section. It's got all the, you know, all that fun stuff. I never dye my hair, so what's it called? What's the brand called? You don't know any hair dye brands. Well, praise God. All right. Well, I just, I was like, hey, the ladies know. Okay, I guess they don't know. <laughs> That's what I get for assuming, right? <laughs> Egg on my face. Whew. Please don't call Alyssa Milano on me. It is by grace that we have, thank you, one guy got it. <laughs> well, all right then. It is by grace that we have been saved. God helped us when we couldn't help ourselves. Biggest point right there. It's not by you. It's never by you. It will never be by you. Him alone. And that's why Paul said in chapter 1 that he has been given the head over all things. He is the head over all things. Christ. We're not coming up alongside Christ. We honor him. And we bow a knee to him. And if we choose to do it our own way, fine. Wide is the path to destruction. Easy is the path to destruction. But narrow and hard is the way to salvation. Following God and submitting to his purposes. It's difficult. Many say that grace through faith includes baptism. I want to talk about this because it's important. And we must be baptized in order to be saved. But again, this gets into works. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change in you. It is not incorporated in there in any way, shape, or form. I think if a Christian refuses to get baptized, you got to check your heart. Why? Uh, Jesus told you. Again, it's the whole thing. Submit yourself to God. He, he commanded that you be baptized. Do you think that that doesn't apply to you? But do you now think that that means you can't be saved? It, it, it's nonsense. It is not by any effort on our part. It is by him. Faith is proven by works, but it exists well before the works. The works come out of true faith, right? That's the thing we talk about. The Bible is true, and it's amazing. We don't need history or facts to prove that it's true, but because it is true, history, facts, all these things are there. Because if it's true, it's going to produce things. It's going to produce evidence, right? If your faith is true, it will produce evidence, and it will be justified. Amen? God's grace has opened the door, and he has blessed us with the gift of faith to believe in him and enter into that grace. Yes, the Bible says that faith is a gift of God. It is a spiritual gift granted to us by God. God has given us the ability to believe in him. Everything is by him. You hear how, how wild that is? Everything is by him. None of this is by works. Otherwise, man would share in God's glory. And that's basically why. 
God desires and deserves all of the praise. We are alive in him, and it is by God and him alone. Now let's get into the final section, which is 210, right? I love this part. For we are his workmanship. It's awesome. The greatest thing he's made. Right? I just, Paul wrote that under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit, okay? So y'all can back off, okay? But that's us right there. I know it doesn't always feel that way, but apparently that's God. I just, you know, I heard God has a sense of humor or something like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, fair enough, dude. I guess, I guess I'm God's workmanship, okay? <laughs> I mean, please, come on. Can you look at this? No, stop it, please. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You said I'm a specimen? I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of offended now. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Well, praise God, which God prepared beforehand. God prepared beforehand. Okay. People don't like predestination. There it is again, right? Ephesians 2. Just don't read Ephesians, and you'll be fine with no predestination, right? Or Romans. Um, that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. Prepared for us good works beforehand that we should walk in them. Should. Not may. Not can. Should. And this is the part where we start to get into a little bit of the works. Now that God has set us apart, taken us from nonsense, taken us from death to life, he has now completely lavished his grace and his mercy and his spiritual blessings upon us, and we just want to sit on it. Why did he give us this? Why are we still alive? I heard someone say, if there's nothing to do after the point of salvation, we just go right up to heaven. How come God, God delights in the death of his saints? Why doesn't he just bring us up there? Because we're supposed to do something with what he's done in us and through us. And it's all to his glory. Amen? Now is the time to step up and enter into God's purpose for us. God has set us apart, predestined us to do good works for him. In service towards him. Remember when Jesus said, if you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. By blessing the lost and the broken, we bless God. Jesus himself, when, when we say, when did I ever do that for you? He said, when you did it to this person, to this wretch, to this person nobody liked, you did it to me. You did it to me. What does that look like, really walking in our purpose? I, I kind of divided this into two things. Right? There's the basic things we're supposed to do, and then there's the personal things we're supposed to do. And when you ask yourself, well, what are the personal things? I, I can't answer that. That's, that's you. What, what has God called you to do? But let me tell you something. I can answer over here. What are the basic things we're supposed to do? Seek God. Uh, abstain from the things of this world. Not like, I can't listen to that rock and roll music. It's the devil's work. No, it's not. It's magical. And it's rad. All right? I love rock and roll. Okay? But that's not what's being talked about there. But partaking in, you know, crazy, lewd behavior. Why? Well, that's just how it is, right? Like doing whatever I want. Okay, but it's not up to the standards that God has set the saints apart for. Right? And, and people may hate you for it, but, but it is the right thing to do, to live set apart from the things of this world, and then to bring the gospel to the world. When I first got saved, I was sitting around saying, you know, I think God has blessed me that I'm supposed to, like, minister to the saints. And I remember we were in the car, and, like, <laughs> Pastor West was like, I don't know about that one, man. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I, just, I, don't, I don't think that's right. You want to know why? Because it's not right. All should evangelize. All should evangelize. If you think you don't have to evangelize, I don't want to be rude and spit in your face or just, you know, put you down or anything like that, but I would ask you to really read the Bible, especially 2 Timothy in the last chapter, chapter 4, where Paul is about to, he's saying goodbye to his favorite disciple, and he's telling him, all 
should evangelize. All should spread the gospel. All. And before that, he says, it is dire in this day and age that we bring them proper teaching because they want something to tickle their ears. So I can't answer the personal thing over here. That's between you and God. But over here on the basics, I can answer that for you. Read his word. Worship him. Give him praise. Give him glory. Have we mastered this? Have we even done this right? I think a lot of us go through great lengths of apathy, and we feel just tired, and we just like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I thought being a Christian was different. It was so cool back when I was in youth ministry, and I was doing X, Y, and Z. I've gone through that a lot. And then I remembered the first day I got saved, I went to school the next day on a Thursday because our youth group was on Wednesday, and I went around, and I told all my friends that I got saved, and they all thought I was a weirdo, and I kept doing it. And between me, me and Pastor West, we had like two rows full of friends from school. And I saw dudes who stopped going to church were just crying. And this one guy came up to me and he's like, hey, man, I want to let you know, me and my girlfriend, we haven't had sex in six weeks. We've been taking this seriously. We've been going to our church again. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's incredible, right? And then I go through periods of time where I'm just, man, I'm just so bored. I'm just so bored. And like, oh, I just feel like this Christian life, it's just not really what I thought it was. Well, I'm neglecting the basic principles of my walk with God. So maybe the answer isn't, I got to find a new book. I got to go to another church, find a different pastor. I got to find a new podcast to listen to. Maybe it's like, I just got to get back to the word. I got to stop thinking I know it so well. I got to stop thinking I know it so well, and I know better. And I got to actually start applying these things to my life. I want to let you know something. I know pastors come up here, and they say a bunch of stuff. And not, not here. We really do try to be really raw and honest. You know, I've seen all the time, and I'm like, man, I bet you this pastor, he just, nothing wrong with him. He does, he does everything good. No, I don't. I don't, I, I constantly struggle with this. So what I'm telling you is coming from trial and error in my own life of experiencing it. I have to constantly reapply this lesson of my life. Why? Because we are people. We are fickle, which means we cannot decide what we want to do all the time. We like to jump around. We like to feel good. And it doesn't always feel good to do the right thing. But it is pleasing to God. And he deserves us to live a pleasing life to him. God deserves us to set ourselves apart and live a pleasing life for him. So can we master the basics? God will bring the personal, the specific things to us through that. But can we begin to master the basics? We were set apart for these tasks, right? Perhaps a solution to the blandness we feel and the general apathy we experience is to step into God's purpose for us. Do we have an understanding of the grace of God and therefore have a solid foundation for our good works to flow from? Or do we still think that we have to work for a salvation that was given to us by his goodwill, his loving kindness? Because there, too, might be an issue. Where is your heart at? Do you truly believe that God has saved you because it pleased him or because he's expecting something from you? I want to go to, uh, this is a little section. Of, I think Pastor Russ is going to be preaching it next week, so I don't want to take all of it. But Ephesians 2, 11 through 13, I think this really wraps up this section really well. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. Basically, the Jews looked at the Gentiles and said, you guys are unclean, and we're the clean people, right? Which is made in the flesh by hand. You were called unclean by the people who live their life by works, right? Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
verse 14, this little section, he says, for he himself is our peace. Amen? Every little bit, every little thing, it's all by God, it's all by his grace, and it's always been by him. But understand, God expects something from us. He expects us to do something with his grace. Maybe to bring other people in that they may join us in this grace. Amen? And if you're in a place where you really struggle with that, we're, we're going to enter into a time of prayer and ministry. The worship team, we're all going to come up. We're going to do another song. But um, get together with some pastors and pray. If you really don't know where you're at with God, guess what? A prayer is not going to save you, but actually bowing your knee to Christ and confessing him as your Savior and beginning to pursue him, right? That, that is the walk of a Christian. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for... Um, what you've done in our hearts, God. We thank you, Lord, that you alone were able and are able to do this amazing and impossible work, Father. We thank you, God. We pray, Lord, that we would not be bitter and apathetic, God, and just sit on the gifts you've given us, God, but to share it, Lord. We praise you, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.